0: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa and welcome to the Unscripted Show. Today we're going to be talking about Prevent. We have a couple of guests. Our first guest
1: is Sultana, who is an activist. Assalamu alaikum, Sultana. Wa Our second guest is Shazana, another activist and uh, who's somebody who's been doing a lot of really great work on uh, Prevent up in the blessed northern town of Sheffield. Assalamualaikum. Blessed indeed.
0: Uh, So, Sultana, (laughs) why don't don't you get us uh, started by kind of talking about, I think most people are kind of vaguely aware of what Prevent is, what they do and so on and so forth. What are the kind of main issues
2: that we're seeing around Prevent today? I think um, if we look at, the one good thing about Prevent is that I think most people, especially within the Muslim community, are aware of Prevent and have heard of Prevent. Um, And I think that that's probably down to the fact that... um, Many people have, many organisations have taken on uh, upon themselves to ensure that there is enough information disseminated out there about what Prevent is and the fact that it's a bit of a toxic brand. Prevent is obviously what we would classify as a kind of sourcing of intelligence on whether it's in education or in medicine or lots of different areas of um, work, and what it's, uh, it's it's statutory, meaning that. It requires of people in those professions, whether you're a teacher or a doctor, what have you, to kind of source, uh, look at who's coming in, who are your customers or clients or who you're dealing with, and basically have a set kind of criterion of things that you're meant to be looking for, which would denote that they are on the path to radicalization and therefore a mm-hmm. problem for wider society. So that's what basically people are meant to look out for. Now, the problem with that is, is it it fundamentally profiles a particular community. In this case it would be the Muslim community because Prevent is on the back of all of the other kind of legislation which is to do with um, anti-terrorism which is solely or uh, majority targeting towards the Muslim community. So that is what Prevent does. A lot of people say it's kind of like the softer element of anti-terrorism legislation. Sure. Um, I would disagree with that. And I think that the upshoot of it is, is that it's uh, racist. And I think that that is probably... Um, the point at which we need to uh, look at Prevent and understand what it is and speak out really vehemently against it. Now now those that
1: defend Prevent often say that Prevent isn't racist, it can't be racist because it it also targets the far right Um, and they'll often go to these figures quoting the fact that at the later stages of Prevent the people who are actually put through so-called de-radicalization programs, Um, there are about 5,000 Muslims being put through the program and 5,000 non-Muslims, far-right activists being put through the program as well. Uh, Shazana, what's the problem with that? Doesn't that show that it's uh, being uh, implemented fairly and equally? Can I
2: just say, in regards to um, the numbers that you just cited, Mm -hmm. that, you know, there needs to be an equal proportion of, say, Muslims against, say, the rest of the population. You're talking Mm -hmm. about that. That's not like for like, because if you're talking about the rest of the population, obviously, they would vastly outnumber the amount of Muslims that live in this country. Muslims are a minority. But if you're saying that the same amount of Muslims are being picked up by Prevent as the vast majority of everybody else, then Mm -hmm. the percentage-wise, that is catastrophic. That's a catastrophic yeah. number of Muslims that are being picked up, and therefore those facts alone show that the Muslim community are being profiled um, for specifically pre- uh, uh, for prevent. I think
3: that I, th- I think you'll find that when you actually break it down and you look at it, it is targeted at, at a particular people, and and those people tend to be Muslim people. So when you look mm-hmm. at the cases that come through, it is Muslim specific. We actually held a meeting only this week that's just passed in Sheffield Um, and it was a meeting uh, that that was organised by a a number of organisations that had come together to put put it together, Uh, Stand Up to Racism, CAGE, MEND and many other organisations. At that meeting one of the points that was raised by one of our speakers was the fact that you know if PREVENT works then where was PREVENT when Joe Cox was murdered? So I think mm. it's really important that we look at things in context and, like Sultan said, speak out against it.
1: And this week we saw that um, the Quilliam Foundation tried to put on an event where they invited Tommy Robinson to be a speaker on Islam. Uh, and Tommy Robinson was cleared and, and vetted by Prevent and they said there's, there's no problem with him coming onto, onto campus and, and giving a speech. Now, obviously, I think everybody probably knows who Tommy mm. Robinson is, one of the founders of the EDL, and one of the the leaders um in the far right within the uk yet prevent doesn't seem to apply to him how comes Mm. it doesn't apply to him but it does apply to so many other muslim organizations which unlike him don't preach hate on a daily basis
3: i think as an activist from my recent experiences that that we've had um And I'm working on uh, quite with with different people in the community to educate them about what prevent is and Mm. why we should speak out against it. Any, uh, and when we do this, we want a a transparent discussion. So we want to have a discussion that is very transparent. We want to be open about, you know, uh, the fact that we disagree with it for these reasons. And if anybody wants to come and have that chat, let's have that openly. Um, What I'm finding is we're just shut down. Any discussion on Prevent is just shut down. So whether that's shutting it down by contacting venues or intimidating people that are involved, all of that is taking place. So there is a double standard here. If you're going to speak out against Prevent, you will be shut down. If you're going to speak for Prevent, you'll be given a platform to speak on
1: And uh, can you t- can you tell us in a, a little bit of detail what happened with the the last event that you were you were putting on the the Moazam and and uh, uh, Shaka Armour attended up in yes. Sheffield?
3: Yes, certainly. So um, we organised the event. We booked our venue. Um, the flyers went out. Um, as per usual, we had you know, a strategy in place where we wanted to reach out to as many people as possible. Um, about a week later, I got a call from the venue to say our venue's been cancelled and they can no longer host us. Um, there on every other venue that I contacted I was told that um, your, your venues have been cancelled or we won't, we're won't, we not willing to host this event um, it was difficult because although we were in dialogue and discussion with some of the mosques they were afraid because Prevent Police had been around or called the masjids and intimidated them so nobody was willing to host this event we still went ahead with the event we just changed our venue Um and redirected people on the day because it's a very important discussion to be had. Um, mm. So for anybody that's listening, regardless of whether you are shut down or not, I think it's even more important for us to to keep going and keep keep ha- wanting to have that discussion and keep reaching out to people. One of the things that I've got I'd like to mention as well is the fact that in Sheffield, um, prevent is not something that. It's just you know we we have we engage with the Muslim community to sort of raise awareness you know within them but we've got people from every walk of life that come on board that support and listen and want to hear what is prevent about why they're trying to shut this discussion down, um, and we will. At, at,
1: at that event that you held, mm-hmm. we had uh, obviously. Uh, senior teachers from the local schools, we, we, we had uh, people from the teachers' trade unions from the from the NUS, we had people of all different uh, uh, races and religions that all came down to that event, it was a brilliant event that sold out that you put on um, Standing Room Only uh, Sultana, what does it say when an event like that, which is purely about, had lawyers attending um, and speaking and purely about knowing your rights and, and about the principles behind prevent gets cancelled and, and has to re- find new venues and go through, jump through all these hoops. But someone like Tommy Robinson, who regularly tweets and retweets and favourites incredibly hateful statements, um, just one, for for example, the other day, um, he favorited, uh ISIS is not the problem, Islam is the problem. Until we realise that, we won't be able to solve the problem. Um, how is it that someone like that doesn't have a problem getting uh, a, a, a right to speak on universities, but other organisations that are taking a responsible approach to critiquing this do. Yeah,
2: sorry, you know what, I, I, my are very So so, I I think we're
1: losing you here. It's uh, a a very broken line at the moment. So let me raise a separate point here then, uh, Khalip, slightly different. So we've
0: kind of talked about the impact of preventing the Muslim community and how it's, uh, I mean, kind of almost touched on how it's a policy of trying to just scare Muslims. Uh, On the opposite, you know, like you say, people like um Tomy robinson and so on and so forth are given a platform so the question i want to ask uh, to you guys put forward is has prevent um not only just sidelined muslims and muslim organizations but has it emboldened
2: uh the far right mike Tomy robinson to be honest with you i think it's probably the daily mail that's emboldened the far right but i say such prevent, what i do is to. Uh... i think we losing you there sultan i think um it's coming a little bit
0: over. Shazana, can I bring you in on that question? From what I could gather from Sultana's point was mm-hmm. she's saying it's not just prevent, but the establishment, such as Daily Mail and so on and so forth, that have also contributed to the emboldening of the far right within the UK. What are your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, certainly I would agree with that. I think one of the things that you know, you know when you look at a situation like this, and as much as they say that prevent is not Muslim specific and it's you know it's about everyone, and we want to We've, we, we have set reasons why we've got this policy in place. That's not the case. And the, this this incident with Tommy Robinson and many other incidents, whether you look at articles that have been published or narratives that are put out there, it reiterates that point um, that policies like this are Muslim-specific and, and you have to look at that in context.
1: And what's your advice having put on events and having done stuff mm-hmm. about this what's your event, advice to to muslims who who uh, are affected by this legislation um for people who maybe want to put on an event or people who have been yeah. uh, targeted by 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 prevent
3: okay the thing with prevent is it's not just about targeting muslims i think prevent is far more Damaging than that, it is actually creating and breeding mistrust in communities um, in so many different ways. Um, it's creating fear on a whole other level. Um, personally, from the work that we're doing here, what I would say, if anybody's listening, is keep going. Keep they the attempts to silence and shut down will continue, but you have to keep 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 on trying. I mean, we've had meetings where you know some of the places of worship, uh, some of the mosques have not been willing to host not because they don't support because they do support the work that I'm involved in and others are involved in but the reason why they won't support or host an event like that is because they are scared and I can understand that because when police okay. have phoned or been around it is incredibly intimidating so we've had um, our our last event that we held it was in a church um, you know. so we reach out to to, to different people, um, and that that is really really important as well. Um, so a number of things really. Um, firstly, I think it's really important to to reach out to different people, and, and build that network and build that support. Secondly, we need consistency in that. So it's not enough to just have an event but you need to follow that up with another event Mm -hmm. and community meetings and seminars to raise awareness, have a strategy to look at ways in which you can support people that are affected by Prevent and also ways you need to move forward as a community.
1: It's funny that you should mention the churches. Uh, uh, Shaka Ramir mentioned that... uh, it, it, often it's churches that are more brave to speak out against these sorts of things yeah. than it, than even our mosques are. Yes. Um, our mosques are sort of cowering in fear, as it were, and uh, the churches are actually coming up and saying that no, these things are wrong, and Muslims should be given a, a voice to speak yeah. um, and inviting us to come to their their venues. Uh, Sultana, what what are the sort, sort of effects long term that we we're seeing on the Muslim community of this increased scrutiny and and, and um, as Shazana was explaining, this feeling of of, of constantly being under the spotlight. What, what can we expect to, from that in the long run for Muslims? What would that do to them and, and their own vision of identity?
2: Yeah, I think one of the things that is already starting to do is making them feel that they are not... Uh, they, they do not feel part and parcel of British society. They feel like the fifth column. They feel like probably how many people... From black communities felt in the 70s in this country, in the 60s in this country, they feel completely marginalized. And what that can do is that that creates a culture of fear, that creates a culture of, like Shazana was saying, a culture of distrust. It creates a psycho, the long term psychological impact of that is that. People will fundamentally, because of the toxic nature of something such as prevent and its corrosive kind of uh, long term effects, they people will not operate in a way that they feel that they want to be part and parcel of society and that they want because they fundamentally believe that the society isn't looking out for them. And for any society to function, you need to have. Um, uh, you know, an attitude where everybody feels part. You know, they 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 want to partake in society because they feel that there's, a, you know, they have a stake in society. If the Muslim community who've been here for hundreds of years don't feel like that anymore because of these corrosive policies, you know, that doesn't look. Um, it doesn't it doesn't look good what that means is that the muslim community will then start to kind of fragment off and maybe feel that it needs to kind of look after itself it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to radicalize anyone further but it you know instilling that level of fear is going to make people give up it's not going to make people want to kind of you know, push themselves aspirationally in terms of jobs and all of those other things, education mm. and what have you, that is long-term effect. And that is not me, you know, that's not a kind of, uh, you know, a conspiracy theory or, uh, you know, just kind of, it's a hysterical outlook. That is, in mm. essence, what these kind of policies do because you are profiling people, you're profiling their identity and their sense of self and who they, how they see themselves in society. And given the fact that the Muslim community in this country... Donkey's years. We are the fabric of this society. We have worked, you know, damn hard to kind of be part and parcel of society, build it up, um, you know, build up the economy of the society. And really, with all the ethnic minorities, there are many refugees, British society would not function. So it is ludicrous to think that these kind of policies can have any kind of positive impact on a society which is so integrated and so integral to the very fabric of British life. And I think that, therefore, it is um, problematic not only for the Muslim community but for the government to proceed mm-hmm. with such a policy because they are just shooting themselves in the foot. They're looking at something which is going to marginalise Muslims, is going to anger them, that they, you know, are not to fairly, that this is racist in every shape and form, and therefore they are going to kind of you know, they're going to kind of look in, they're going to become more insular and look inward. That's not what we want. What we want to do is be hopeful that such policies, because of their corrosive nature, much like the election of Donald Trump, you know, what they do is that they have a galvanizing effect on the the Muslim community with the larger community like Shazam is doing up north. And therefore they will speak out against policies such as Prevent. In the borough that I come from, that's exactly what's going on, thank God. Muslims Muslims, I, I attended a meeting yesterday with members of the NUT. They're going to be holding an event on the 2nd of March in Redbridge, which is specifically targeted at about you know what, what the world will look like for refugees and Muslims in a post-Trump, post-Brexit era, and that we need to stand together and speak out against it and i think that that can only be a good thing and i would encourage the muslim community wholeheartedly to get behind those kind of things because you know we do need people out of our communities to also say no this is wrong and it's wrong for everyone
1: i think that's such a, a, a brilliant point there about standing up a, a, and being brave uh and being proactive as well yeah. um and there is one good thing that comes out of, of prevent maybe it will be the fact that Muslims um, stop bickering about our own small differences um, yes. between, between each other and realise that there's, there's a bigger thing that we all need to be working together to, to protect our children for, for in, the, in, the, in the future.
3: Can I just um, add to that as well? Go on. You know, with regards to, obviously, it's really important I think that most, the Muslim community come on board and support in whatever way they can and everybody's support will be different but also for activists as well to not give up and not become fatigued that's really important sometimes i liaise with people in the community or or the mosques and i may not get a response or i may get some words of support or the odd text here and there but i think it's really important that we maintain that consistency in being there with the community and saying, look, we can do this together.
1: I think that's a really important point there. I think that's, that's in, in, incredibly powerful. Um, Sultana, I just want to ask one more question. Uh, we, we're sort of running running out of time, but uh, I just want to get your thoughts on a, a so-called Muslim organisation inviting someone like Tommy Robinson down as a, as a guest speaker to a, a university. Um, what are your thoughts on why a Muslim organisation would feel the need to do that.
2: Well, let's be clear, uh, Kaleem, we're not just talking about any Muslim organisation. We would use the term uh, Muslim very loosely. We're talking about the Quilliam Foundation. And if the Quilliam Foundation wanted to bring, um, I don't know, anyone, they could bring Nigel Farage to talk about Islam. That's really no problem for the Muslim community because they don't really give them any leadership. I think it says, you know, to be honest with you, uh, the Quilliam Foundation are the Quilliam Foundation. So therefore, in terms of who they bring and the kind of uh, people that they bring to talk about uh, experts on Islam, um, maybe these people are far more experts than they are on Islam. So uh, bring it on. If they want to bring Tommy Robinson to come and talk about Islam and no doubt for him to bash Islam, because obviously they managed to, um, you know, to, to de radicalise him from his extremist views um, in his past life. Then so be it. Um, I think it's nothing is, uh, you know, is water off a duck's back with regards to the Muslim community. They won't be turning up. I don't think that they're going to be that bothered. And we will just watch on and watch them carry on getting government funding or wherever they do. And obviously being rejected by the Muslim community at large. They have nothing to offer. And, you know, sooner or later, they just wither out and, you know, go and set up something else and call themselves some other fancy name. So that's about the extent that I think about the Quilliam Foundation, to be frank.
1: Thank you very much. Well, uh, sadly, our time here has come to an end. We're, we're running out of time now. Um, I'd like to take, a, take a, t- a second here to thank our guests, uh, Sultana and Shazana. Um, a few technical issues aside, I think we had an amazing conversation. I really want to thank both of them for giving us their time. Um, both these women do amazing work um, in the community, at the grassroots level, um, in the north and the south of the country. Um, and inshallah, everybody should be making dua for them uh, and, and for their success because they really are uh, real leaders amongst our community. Um, and on a last note from myself and the deem, I think it's very important that everybody realizes that we should be brave in the face of prevent. Uh, we shouldn't let it kowtow us. We shouldn't let it mm-hmm. uh, uh, affect the way we raise our children or tell our children what they shouldn't be saying in school. Um, the The fact of the matter is that no matter what happens, there will be people that will stand with you if anything comes from prevents. And we have to be confident. We have to be brave in the face of these sorts of things. Um, mm-hmm. Now, especially, is the time for courage. Nadim, last 30 seconds. Absolutely.
0: I think, um, you know, there's some very, very key points made there, uh, in particular the points about um, you know the historic nature of PREVENT and its kind of predecessor policies, which we don't have time to go into uh, much detail now. We've seen them come and go. Um, and it's what you say, it's courage uh, in standing up to these policies, making sure that we don't uh, let go of our identities. Our identities are so, so important and vital to us if we uh, allow ourselves to be identified by the State or extremists on the right or quilliam or whoever it is, we've lost that battle. We really need to make sure that we are able to go out there with a strong identity that we have determined for ourselves. Um, and uh, like you say, Jazakallah khairam to uh, both our guests, Shazana and uh, Sultana. And hopefully, we'll have you guys on uh, on again. Uh, and that's it, I think. Uh, salamu alaikum for this episode. Stay tuned, uh, like, subscribe, and share, all that good stuff. Salamu alaikum, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.